minute three. Ah, no way. F R E A K. Your ordinary fur baron rebel. Hi everybody, it's Chris from Two True Freaks, and I just got back from a late night showing of Avatar, James Cameron's new movie. I'm not going to bore you with, you know, a synopsis of the of the story and all that, because you probably know it already by now, you've probably heard it a million times, because this movie's been hyped just through the roof. Needless to say, it's, it's a story about a, a paraplegic ex-marine who gets put into a native body and basically goes native and uh, ends up fighting the company he was working for which is trying to harvest this natural resource from the natives planet and evict the natives or kill them or whatever they have to do to get to the natural resource so that's about it now this movie is one of the biggest hype movies in years it's James Cameron's first movie since Titanic really so people have been really pumped for this. Now myself, I haven't really paid much attention to it. And uh, basically all I really knew about this movie before I went to see it was a general synopsis like I just gave you there. And uh, the previews that I'd seen on TV and on the internet. Basically a couple trailers. Which, you know, frankly to me looked like big CG jizz fests. So I, I remember seeing the trailers and going, oh yeah, okay, there's a lot of things flying around at the same time. You know, it looks like Cameron's gone technology crazy. But at the same time, in the back of my head, and I think I've talked about it with Scott on the show, is Cameron's been a solid filmmaker. He's done, all his movies have been really good. So, you know, I just, I just was not getting excited for it, and I didn't really think a lot about it. But my friend called me up today and said, I'm going. And we didn't go to the IMAX, it was sold out, so we went to a regular movie theater and got our our glasses, which are polarized glasses. Now, I don't have much of a history of seeing 3D movies. I think I've only seen three 3D movies in the theater. And the first one was uh, Jaws 3D back in the 80s, which was horrible. And it's a, another story for another time, but I actually saw that movie three times in one week. Um, Spy Kids 3D with the red and blue technology and that was terrible the red the movie wasn't bad the the 3d wasn't very good though and andy warhol's frankenstein i saw a special screening of that and that was really cool that was probably the best 3d movie but they were all imperfect you know they were all there was all a lot of image separation and stuff and i haven't really seen any of these new cg 3d movies or the slasher movies in 3d so I didn't know what to expect from it, you know, and I, I know the technology's advanced, and they'd also been hyping up, you know, how this movie was a quantum step in, in technology, and, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, the CG was more convincing, whatever, we'll see. And, um, it turns out they were pretty much right. The, uh, the, the CG is, uh, is very impressive. The motion-capturing technology works really well in this case you really feel the characters as real 
Yeah, I don't want to say people because they're not. They're blue creatures on another planet. Yeah, they, they look real. They move very realistically. It looks like a good makeup job for the most part, you know, sometimes around the edges. And the CG itself is very realistic also. Now, I don't know if it was necessarily like a jump in the technology. I think what it really was, was Cameron is a competent director and he didn't he, he didn't go crazy with the CGI. If you were looking at a creature or a monster or a spaceship or something, he wasn't really trying to show you how cool it was. He was showing you what was happening. So, you know, if, you, if, if something was in, a, in the forest or around a tree or something, you, you were always getting this beautiful shot of this creature where you can see every detail on him. Although... The picture is very crisp, and you can. You can see every hair and every drip of saliva, just like every other CG movie. But it's done in a way that makes it realistic. It doesn't call attention to itself. There aren't a lot of, you know... Uh, it, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is the CG serves a movie and therefore is more realistic. And maybe the technology is better. Maybe they, got, they cram more pixels in there. Or they have, you know, better programming to make movement look better. But I think for the most part, the, the reason it looks so good is because the director and, you know, the people in charge of the visual look of this film really paid attention to making it realistic. And also, another thing I have to comment on is the sound design is awesome. The sound design is very detailed and layered and textured and also realistic and that's a point I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna keep coming back to is for a world with floating you know huge mountain ranges floating in the air and fantastic creatures at nighttime everything's bioluminescent so it lights up like those um, fiber optic decorations you would see like at your grandmother's house or something you know with the garish it's very garishly colored and bright and pinks and blues and and reds and everything the water's glowing and it could could have been very gaudy and garish and overdone and it is almost overdone but it works and it ends up being very beautiful and the floating mountains you know what the fuck they're floating mountains you have floating mountains nobody explains if, uh, are they filled with helium gas or something whatever they float and it's all like something out of uh, kind of a cheesy fantasy novel or something, maybe. And uh, there's flying dragon-like creatures, some of them that are almost like colored like a tie-dyed t-shirt. And um, it all works. It all... Um, I think my friend Mark, who I went with, summed it up best, and he said, James Cameron's just a master of riding the line between where something gets ridiculous and keeping it on the right side of the line. And he's absolutely right with it. There's only one moment in this whole movie that's groan-inducing, and I will give it away. I will spoil it because it's so minor and plotless, but whatever, the, the um, mineral, I, I assume it's a mineral. It looks like a, a, a mineral. Um, looks like some sort of pyrite rock. Anyway, the name of this um, 
mineral that they're looking for on this planet is called unobtainium. I'll let that sink in for a minute. Unobtainium. <clears throat> Just in case you don't get the point that it's very rare and very valuable. It's called unobtainium. And you could literally hear the audience just go, Oh, really? Midichlorians? I mean, unobtainium? But that's the, really the only part for me that was a really clunkery groaner. Now, the story is no great shakes. It's, it's, it's predictable, and you've seen it before. It's basically... Uh, um, spoiler, it's basically Fern Gully that, that animated... I think it was Don Bluth animation from, from a few years back. But in the hands of Cameron and, and in the way it's written and the way it's presented and the way it plays out, it draws you into this simple story and basic story that we've all seen before and all pretty much know where it's going and what has to happen to make it work. So you see that coming and that can be very, you know, a lot of time that can be very disheartening in a movie when you realize, oh, I know where this is going, I know how this is going to end. And then watching the rest of the movie is just sort of a formality to see how it all plays out. But this this works. The actors and the and the direction, it all works together to draw you into it. So when he's incorporating himself into the native culture, you know, you're with him when he's he's becoming, you know, aware that, you know, it probably is better to live like them here or or, or I wouldn't say even it's to better but it's a better life for him there and he sort of found his his place and which you know it's a and the sort of chosen one prophecy although that isn't really overtly spoken or said in this it's also it, there's there's that aspect of it it's all the cliches of this kind of movie are here and in play but they all work and he never passes over that line into cheesiness or corniness or overdoing it or or also he never really crosses into that line of showing you something spectacular for no reason which I gotta say is a very rare thing in this kind of movie which this movie is basically a cartoon <laughs> I mean three quarters of it never really happened it all happened inside of a computer and for being that it doesn't feel like that at all it feels like you're watching a natural movie with natural actors um, I recommend it I recommend seeing it in the theater for sure to, to experience the 3D which is very fluid and also they don't drive home the 3D you know there isn't there are natives with bows and arrows and there's so much restraint used not to have those arrows come flying out at the audience all the time. They're, they're, it's not really used that way. And, and uh, it was very crisp and clear. You know, I was, I'm always used to sort of having a headache after a three, 3D movie. And at points I sort of forgot it was even 3D. It just became the natural look for it. And, and I think that's, that's a neat thing. I think that could work out really well for this kind of movie. And once again, I don't think it's really... A product of the technology as much as the technology being used in capable directorial hands and um, 
really, um, one thing I noticed about the hype in this movie, this is, this is one thing, you know, it was the same thing happened with The Dark Knight. When you have a movie like this, where somebody has pumped tons and tons and tons of money, anywhere in this this case from 300 million to 500 million into this movie, um, and you're a critic, and you get to see the movie ahead of time, and I noticed this on RottenTomatoes.com, when the first wave of um, critiques came in, of all the people who'd seen previews and seen it where it op had opened early, rave, it was a solid 90s in the tomato meter, I think it was 98% maybe, for a couple days, and uh, then, you know, by the time it actually opened up across the country, it dropped down to about a solid 85%, and I think that's where it is right now, I think last time I looked at it, it was like 85 or 86%, and that's that's about right, you know, that seems about right, I mean, Obviously, some people aren't going to like it, but I think a lot of times with a movie like this, it costs so much money. And if this movie crashes and burns, well, you know, Holly, it could it could really put a dent in some Hollywood studios for a while, or it could really like um, it could it could really mess things up, or it could cool people. Uh, who knows? But, you know, Hollywood is the ship that the barnacles are attached to. The barnacles called critics. So, you know, they have a vested interest in something like this. So I think when they go to a movie like this and they see that this is a good, solid movie. It's well-written, well-directed, well-acted. It gets you involved. It's, it's truly beautiful to look at. At the same time, the story doesn't insult your intelligence. And I think they tend to rave about it because they say, I could put an ass in the seats of the theater in this and not look like a total asshole for recommending this movie. It's not like 2012. Give a rave review to 2012 and you're going to get letters, I'm telling you right now. So, I think... You know, it, the, it was the same thing with The Dark Knight. You know, the first wave of reviews come out saying, this is the greatest thing right now. Let me bow down and this will blow your mind and forget everything you knew about movies before this. Well, forget everything you know about that critical hype and just go to it and enjoy the story for what it is and enjoy the, the spectacle for what it is. It has some very obvious storyline stuff that has to do with modern day issues but it also has some sub themes and the characters are very sharply drawn but there's always lots of shading and detail added but it, everything is as James Cameron is wont to do everything is in in service to the plot and it pays off and Pay your, pay your extra money for your 3D glasses and go to see Avatar. You'll enjoy yourself. I pretty much can guarantee it. Some people, somebody's got to not like it, you know, for some reason. But I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, I don't think it's going to win any Oscars except for maybe visual effects. But it's a good, solid movie warranting a good, solid 85%.
And this has been a 17-minute, 5-minute freak. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsyn.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is 1-585-COP-LURE. That's 1-585-267-5873. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, why not review us in iTunes? And if you didn't enjoy this show, why not review us in iTunes? Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. We are now also members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check it out at www.comicspodcasts.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. Thanks for listening to Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.